Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Well, good morning, guys. Would you grab your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9? When we pick up in verse 1 of Mark 9, we read, it says, And he was saying to them, Truly I say to you, that there are some of those who are standing here who shall not taste of death, until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. He told them, truly I say to you, there are some here, he told them, he says, that are standing here, that they would not taste death until they saw the kingdom of God after it has come with power. Now, would you, okay, you guys know I'm a little jealous of these guys every once in a while because they got like the personal tours with Jesus and they got the special field trip. You know, I, I often say if I had a time machine, who would go with me to, to you know, just hear Jesus speak? I, who would go with me to be right here on this day to hear Jesus when he says, I tell you the truth, there's some here that won't even taste of death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. Anyone up for that? To put that on your spiritual resume? I saw the kingdom of God come with power. I mean, come on. I mean, if you're going to brag about something. You know, I'm so holy. Forget that. I got to see the kingdom of God come with power. That would be a nice spiritual boost. I would like this. But just so you know, anytime an account is given in one of the Gospels, you know, kind of perks my interest. Whoa, how are they going to see the kingdom of God? With power. With power. I, I, I'm jealous. But you know, I, I recall reading this somewhere else. Those of you that are students of the word, you know, this is in Matthew's gospel because we just finished Matthew and Matthew's, Matthew's gospel said the same thing. And so did Luke's gospel. Now, anytime three gospel writers tell you about this same occurrence, is it important we pay attention? Yeah. This is the Lord's way of saying, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not skipping my record, you know, scratched and going back over this. I'm going over because you got to hear this. Somebody in the group Somebody listening that day is going to get a taste, a, a glimpse, a sight of God's kingdom come in power. Now, Luke tells us that he took him up to a mount. And that Matthew, I believe it's Matthew that tells us that they fell asleep. They were so spiritual. In fact, I think that's when we get most of our spiritual revelations, at least for me. God goes, finally, I got you holding still. I'm going to speak to you now. But in Matthew 17, these guys were brought up to a, to a high mount. Six days later, it says in verse 1, and Jesus took with him Peter. Okay, here's the field trip. And James, and guess who the third guy is? You guys know the inner circle, right? Peter, James, and John. And they br he brought them up to a very high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His garments became white as light. And behold, who was with him? Moses and Elijah appeared to them and was talking with him. And Peter answered, he said, well, Lord, it's a really good thing for us that we were here. Um, if you wish, we, I'll make three tabernacles, one, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice came from that cloud and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to what? To him. And the disciples heard this and 
They fell on their faces and they were much afraid. And Jesus came and touched them. And he said, arise, don't be afraid. And then lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself. And as they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them saying, tell no one this vision until the son of man has been risen from the dead. He told them, don't tell anyone. And so they said to him, but Jesus, why do the scribes in the say that Elijah must come first? And he answered them. He said, Elijah is coming and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has already came. And they did not recognize him. They, they did to him whatever they wished. And so, so must also the Son of Man suffer at their hands. And the disciples understood that he was speaking to them about John the Baptist. Now turn back to Mark. Let me read to you what happens in Mark's gospel. Very similar, but just a few extras. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter. You guys already know the three fellows, James and John. And he brought them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured and his garments became radiant and exceedingly white as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them along with Moses and they were conversing with Jesus. Peter's telling John Mark, listen, his garments became so white, not white like any launderer. No, no amount of bleach can make something that white. He says, it is it's just white. Now, Matthew says it was like pure light. They get to see the Lord transfigured. No, change from this humble earthly. And by the way, Paul calls these earthly bodies tents. But what's he call our heavenly bodies? What's the lingo? He's got a good analogy. What's he call it? A mansion. Anyone ready for upgrading from this tent to a. Remember, Jesus said he has a body for us, not made by human hands, made by God. Eternal in the heaven. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote those words to the church at Corinth and said that in this body, we, we long to be that this mortality will be swallowed up by immortality, that this corruption will be swallowed up by incorruption, that we get to upgrade to a mansion. Your spirit is never going to die. You know that. Jesus says, any man who believes in me, though he shall die, he will, he will live. This Spirit in here, it will live on. It just won't be in this body. Thank God. I'm going to look a lot better when you see me in heaven. I'll be like, you'll be like, whoa, what happened to you, pastor? I'm going to be in a glorified body. But I can tell you one thing about, you know, Moses and Elijah showed up and they're talking and they are so bright white. Now, let me just read you what the little details passed on. Whiter than any launderer can whiten them. And, and, and Mark goes on and tells me this. Listen to this. And Peter, oh, Peter answered. He said to Jesus, Rabbi, um, it's good for us that we be here. Yeah. Um, uh, let us make three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And Mark throws this in verse six. Now, who's telling the story to Mark? Peter. And who's speaking right now saying it's good to make some tabernacles? Peter. So I got a good line on where this came from, verse 6. For it says, he did not know what to answer because he became what? Afraid, terrified. Terrified. That's, the New American Center uses that word. That's closer to the Greek. He was freaked out. Okay, come on. How many of you would be a little bit, you know, whoa. He's like shiny, bright, pure light. He went up on the mountain. Okay, John Mark tells us that Peter said um, 
he didn't really know what to say. You know, sometimes he's affectionately called in the in the Bible school circles, wet socks Peter. Open mouth, insert foot. He always comes up with these, you know, he 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 just says the weird things at the wrong times and stuff, but you know, at least he's trying. I give him an A for effort. Let me show you. I'm going to do all three today just for fun. Turn to Luke's gospel. This is found in Luke chapter 9. And the, the, the whole story of this transfiguration, it starts at verse 28. It says, and some eight days later, after these sayings that he had given them, he took along with him Peter and John and James and went up to a mountain to pray. Now, he didn't say a high mountain. The other two guys said a high mountain. But Mark got his info from Peter. Peter had to walk. Peter said it was a high mountain. Luke says, examined all these things and gathered all the facts to make an account for this man named Theophilus. And so he gathered all the info that he can, but he just said they went to a mount. He didn't say a high mountain. And while he was praying, it says the appearance of his face became different and his clothing also became white and gleaming. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appearing in glory were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, how about Moses and Elijah? Did, were they gleamy? Didn't tell us in Mark's account. Didn't tell us in Matthew's. But Luke tells us they were also, these two that were talking, were appearing in glory. Their appearance was not like ordinary guys. So when you think about Peter going, um, it's a good thing we're here. Um, We should build three tabernacles. Uh, you know, one shiny, one for you, one for you, and one for you, shiny. You know, Jesus, Moses, Elijah, yeah, we'll get you guys all set up. I always laugh. I'm thinking, what were you going to do? Charge admission? This is the place where Jesus showed up and turned all white. And we saw the, they did get to see the power of the kingdom of God come. They got to see Moses and Elijah in their glory, Luke tells us. I don't know about you, but would that boost your faith at all? Seeing, seeing a man who went before us, one of the, you know, in, in kind of big deal, Moses. And Moses is, is like the, 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 the pillar of the Jewish faith for, for the representative of the law. And Elijah, he's pretty big too. What was, he, what was he known in the Jewish culture for? The prophets. You got the two big heavy hitters show up in glory to talk to Jesus about, now, what did Luke say about the conversation is actually something where we get an insight. What were they talking about? Jesus is what? Departure. He says right here, they were speaking with him about his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Peter gets to overhear. Anyone would like to hear, you know, Moses, Elijah, just talking story. What's going on? Get ready. You're going to go depart from Jerusalem. They're going to kill you. Do you think that, I mean, here's Jesus. He His whole visage has changed from that earthly thing to shining white, pure light. And there's Moses and Elijah in their glory. Remember, Jesus said, there are some of you standing here who will not taste death, Mark says, until you see the kingdom of, of God come with power. Well, everybody wants to see something like, I don't know, flashy sign or something. You want to know what the real power is? Those men are, those men have been dead. Moses is like 1400 BC. 
you know, and Elijah, he's he's way back there in the in the BC years too, and he's he's not dead. He's standing there in a glorified state, in a body, and they know who he is. You don't think, yeah, she said, how did they know? This is the coolest thing. You know, the Bible says when we when we see the Lord, we will be made like him. How long is it going to take, according to Thessalonians? In a moment, in a twinkling what, of the eye. A twinkle of the eye. That's, that's, the fast, that's as fast as light refracts off your eye lens and gives that little sparkle. You know, light travels, what, 186,000 miles per second? It's, it's pretty quick. Blink. That's how quick you get to upgrade. They got to see two men that had been in their, maybe in their understanding, those, de those old guys, they're dead. But see, they got to see the kingdom of God come in power. They see Jesus all shiny white. They see, now, oh, I forgot to read you. Just can I go back to Luke? <clears throat> Luke gives me a little bit of insight into these guys. And Peter, in verse 32 of Luke, this part, he, Peter didn't mention this to Mark, but, but Luke found out that Peter and his companions had been overcome with sleep. But when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. And it came about as, as these were parting from him, Peter said, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for, for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not realizing, it says, what he was saying. <laughs> and he was saying this as he was, it says, a cloud formed overhead and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud and said, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Now, only Luke points out that what were they doing while they were up there on the mount? Sleeping. Gee, these guys have a sleepy problem, man. I mean, remember when he told them, wait with me and pray? And they fell asleep. We're going up for a big spiritual. This is, the, I mean, the talk about field trip of all field trips. They get to go. You're only three of the guys of the 12 get to go on the field trip. And they're going to see, they don't realize it yet, they're going to see a vision of God's kingdom with power. But what power? Think about it. What power? It says you will see his kingdom come with power. What power did they see? They saw Jesus, all shiny white. You think that's the power? Maybe. What about the other two fellows? Two more guys. Been dead a long time. Also shiny white. But they're not dead. They're, they're in glorified state. You know, the power of God is that he can take a person and make them eternal. He can put them in a body that lasts forever. And when he says, you'll see the kingdom of God come with power before you die, I don't know about you, but do you think it would boost your faith at all? If you were like, say you're questioning the whole faith thing. You're like, I wonder what will happen when I die. I wonder, am I going to, you know, like, how will I look? Will I even, will I float around as a spirit? Will I, you know, because certain different teachings of different groups say you're going to be this spirit. Or some say you're just going to go into nothingness. Nirvana. A blip of nothing. Bloop, you're done. Like shutting off a computer. Beep. Pull the plug. It's done. Is that what happens? No. Your spirit is eternal. You are made to live forever. 
And the power of God is that he's going to put you in a mansion compared to what you're in now. When Moses and Elijah showed up, those dudes were glorified. They were alive. And come on, from now on, does Peter have to wonder, hey, is there life after death? Moses was there. I mean, just, just think, after this field trip, would he ever be able to go, I don't know. Even though he had a little bit of wet sock moment, you know, like, uh, let's build a tabernacle and one for you, one for... It says he didn't know what to say. He was terrified. Mark tells us he was... Mark, the guy who got his info from Peter, that's a good guy to get the inner skinny on, you know. Peter, why'd you say that? Uh, I was pretty freaked out. <laughs> you don't understand, man. It was bright. And, uh, and we just got woke up, man. We were asleep. And no, he didn't tell Mark that, did he? Luke tells us he was asleep. But, you know, think about it. You wake up from a deep sleep and you're up on a mountain. Was there, was there streetlights or anything back then? There's no streetlights. There's no light. I mean, starlight, right? And all of a sudden, you got a guy shining like the sun standing in front of you. And these two other fellows, and you know who they are. And from that day forward, no matter what anyone says to you, hey, is there life after death? Well, I seen a guy named Moses and Elijah. They were alive. And talk about upgraded bodies. The power of God's kingdom come is that you, your body, is someday going to be changed. The book of Thessalonians tells us in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. That's how quick. Poof. Now it says, comfort one another with what? These words. You know, sometimes I can I can't tell you how comforting it is to think. It's only going to take a moment, just a twinkle, for this, this mortality to be swallowed up by immortality. And no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears of sorrow, and he will make all things new. I don't know about you, but to me, that's some serious good news. Now, he goes and he tells them, don't say anything until after I've risen. Uh, Luke tells us they didn't actually understand this whole risen thing, so they didn't want to seem stupid and ask. Turn back with me now, and I'll finish Mark chapter 9. The, it says, and so after that voice came from the cloud, verse 7 says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. If you had a voice from heaven, come say, right guy, my beloved son, that's that, that that's it. Listen to him, what would you do? You better listen to him. I mean, straight up, guys. I don't really have to preach anymore today. I could just say, Jesus is God's son. There's only one person you really need to listen to, and that's Jesus. Now, as they came down the mount, Mark tells us in chapter 9, verse 9, he gave them orders don't tell anyone until until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And they seized upon this statement, discussing with one another what is raising from the dead, what it might mean. What? what? They didn't teach me in the Catholic Church that they didn't understand it. Peter knew everything, man. He was the first pope. The Bible says he didn't get it. And they began questioning Jesus. They said, well, why is it it says that the scribes, the scribes teach Elijah must come first before the Messiah? Now, you guys already read it to you out of Matthew's gospel, but Jesus said, and I'll read it to you here from Mark, just so you know. He said, Elijah does come first and restore everything. 
And yet, how is it written of the Son of Man that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt? But I say to you that Elijah has indeed come, and they did to him whatever they wished, just as it was written of him. Now, Matthew is the one who told us, and they understood he was speaking about who? John the Baptist. You know, I find it really interesting that they, they had, the scribes understood some of the things about the coming of the Messiah, the first coming. I said, you know, Elijah has to come first. It's prophesied. But it's kind of interesting to me. They, they, didn't, they didn't recognize that John was, came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. But if you read Zechariah, the, 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 the father of John the Baptist, the guy who went in the temple when he was old and his wife was back home and he had a visit from the angel Gabriel as he was giving the offering. And the angel said, this time next year, you'll have a son. You'll name him John. He'll be the one who will come in the spirit and power of who? Elijah. And when they get ready to dedicate him, name after dad, dad calls for a tablet and says, no, his name shall be what? John. And as soon as he writes his name out and they name, oh, John, you know what name John in your whole family? He says his tongue was loosed and he began to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord who has done these things. And he begins to proclaim all how his son would be the forerunner that comes in the spirit and the power of Elijah. But yet, I find it interesting. I mean, any of you ever wonder, how could they miss such a kind of, like to, to me, of course, we're cheating. We have hindsight. We're reading the story. It's all done. We're like, how could you miss that? Of course, we also have Jesus telling us who he was. That's a nice help spiritually. You know, Jesus pointed it out. That's how come I know so well. I, I, I have it on good authority. John was, was Elijah in the spirit. He just, no, no brainer. But did, did, did the disciples get it right away? No. They were like, we don't get it. Why does Elijah have to come first? And Jesus says, he already has come. Now this, this, by the way, very teaching, I would like to point out to you today at the end. Because some people today are saying, well, Jesus hasn't come for a long time. Or, or, you know, it does say this or that. Maybe this has to happen first or that has to happen first. And it's interesting that they lived in the day when Jesus was there. And quote, their understandings of all the things what must happen before the Messiah came. Who are they talking to? Who's telling them about Elijah? The Messiah. Talk about missing the boat. I mean, they got the real Messiah right in front of them and they don't get it. And I think this is something that we should open our eyes and recognize. If they could miss that John was Elijah and Jesus was right in front of them, what makes me think I'm smart enough to be able to say, yeah, um, well, there's still the sign of Israel's rebuilding of the temple or there's this sign that they're going to have to have a red heifer or there's this sign, you know. I can tell you lots of things what the Bible prophesies will take place. But I also want to make you aware we could be missing the whole boat. And, and, and the Bible says, don't let the coming of the Lord come upon you like a thief in the night. Instead, be ready. It's the problem with teachings that say, this has to happen and that has to happen and that has to happen first. Is your understanding can get in the way of what God's already done. Jesus was already there. John the Baptist already was Elijah come in the spirit. But did they get it? No, because somebody taught them 
Elijah must come first before the before the Messiah comes. So we haven't seen the we haven't seen the prophet Elijah, so we don't even bother looking for the Messiah. Excuse me, newsflash, Messiah's standing in front of you. Seriously, can you see the danger in that? That they would miss the very Messiah standing in front of them? Because somebody thought they were, you know, well, we know that this must take place first. What I know to teach you is be ready. It says our redemption draweth what? Nigh. Just be ready. We don't know. What if we don't get to make it to 2016? Hoorah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, anyone, anyone up for that? I mean, Lord, come quick. You know that the whole Bible, the very last verse of the book of Revelation, says, the grace of the Lord be with you. Even so, what does John end the whole Bible with? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. If your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information about Amazing Grace Kona, go to our website, AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.